Hello, welcome to Coin Talk. Back through the winter. We are brought to you, of course, by Medium. Medium has tons of great writing about crypto. You can find some of the features at read.medium.com slash crypto. You can always send us an email, hi at cointalk.show. Jay, do you want to do a, a mailbag soon? Yeah. All right. Send us your mailbag questions. As soon as we get a nice stack of mailbag questions, we'll be doing that. Let's hear the music. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Wednesday, November 14th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was $5,516. Hello, Jay. Hello. Back in the house. Back in, well, we're not in the crypto cave. We haven't been in the crypto cave a long time. I mean, I, I am in the crypto cave. I am in my own cave of uh, of depressing nicotine-related products and posted notes oh, really? in Industry City. Yeah, it's getting dark in here. I feel like it's uh, you know, like if someone came in here and they saw me like slowly typing away while watching, uh, you know, like stock charts or something like that with five unopened documents that I'm supposed to be working on, <laughs> they would. They would be concerned, but luckily nobody has come in here since I rented the space out except for me and like one day my wife. Well, I'm slightly concerned by how much of our previously crypto-related uh, Telegram chat room is now dedicated to uranium trading. So oh, yeah. uh, everything's a little topsy-turvy. I don't think I have like a ton of stuff to say about the Bitcoin uh, or even larger crypto markets this week. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So we were taping last week, and I feel like we didn't really get into this because I think we taped maybe on election day or maybe the day after. And so none of this was really like settled at this point. But I, I look at the Cointalk Twitter feed because it's one of the Twitter accounts in my Twitter client, and it's usually the one at the top because I don't really personally use Twitter. And watching crypto Twitter during the election day was pretty weird. Well, what happened? I mean, I don't. I only use Twitter to follow Overwatch news, so I I didn't see any. Of course, I didn't see any of, of course. It. <laughs> I expected as much. Well, I guess to summarize, a lot of people tweeting don't vote. Oh God! So it's almost like the like wacky like flipped mirror like Wario Mario of my other one because my personal Twitter is just a feed of people saying vote. And yeah. my coin talk feed, which is primarily people we talk about on the show, people who've been on the show, is just a litany of don't vote notices. So the first one was from our uh, that I noticed was from our guest, um, Safe Amus. And Safe's an extreme guy. We we we've talked about it on the show before. It doesn't like deeply surprise me that he has a anti-democracy <laughs> outlook. But it didn't stop there. It was other people who I don't view as quite as extreme, like our previous guest, Crypto Randy Marsh, um, Nick Carter, whose stuff I generally like. I would say that most of the mentions of the vote on my uh, crypto feed were people discouraging others from voting. All right, so what's their, what's their logic? Like, I generally know the leftists and, like, communist reasons to not vote, which is that... It's not that you shouldn't vote. It's that you should not put any stock in the possibility of electoral politics and that only a revolutionary politic 
uh, could properly change late capitalism into something better. Like that, 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 if I have people on my old feed who would be saying don't vote, it would most likely be communists. But like, what, what is the opposite reason? I think the rationale is actually not that different. If you just put Bitcoin maximalism in there instead of the revolution, or if you say the revolution, parenthetical, Bitcoin maximalism, <laughs> you're most of the way there. I sure. mean, it's democracy is bankrupt. It's a system that's failed. I don't know, you know, like in the same way that all of these guys have Austrian school heroes, I think there's like a um, literature of democracy as a failure out there. I don't want to like try and summarize its ideas because clearly I haven't read it. But I think what struck me as like, whoa, was not that there are a lot of people in crypto who don't believe in voting. It's the social encouragement for others to follow suit like, I don't have any problem with safe not voting or being against voting, but it does feel weird to be like, hey, you, all of my followers, people who respect me, you don't vote. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, it's saying don't vote is, a, is different than saying I don't believe that voting matters, right? Yeah, and, and, and there was a mix of those two things. I shouldn't yeah. like say, some of the people said I didn't vote. Some people say, hey, you shouldn't vote. Here's an article about why. Yeah, and I look, it, again, I, I remember very clearly that Colin Kaepernick, at the height of the media tension around him uh, at the election, said that he didn't vote because he didn't see any difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump because both yes. of them would have, uh, I, I don't know what his rationale was, but uh, it was, you know, I, look, I, I, I generally agree with a lot of what Colin Kaepernick is saying about police brutality in America, but I felt like that was a probably fed to him or a line that was fed to him by somebody who is, you know, is stupid. Because like the idea <laughs> that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the same, you know, is is like a is like a bizarrely it's 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 almost like a privileged take. You know, like there are plenty of people who Right now, we've shown our you know suffering because of this, and and to say that like they're the same because of some like blah 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 Marxism thing is was you know I, I don't know it was probably like Stephen A. Smith's greatest moment was responding to that, but uh, but Stephen I, A. Smith has a lot of greatest moments. He really does. His yeah. greatest moments is like a feature film. It, it's like the last ten years of his career. His greatest moments. for me, he will never top mistaking an onion headline. <laughs> That was Stephen A. Smith thinks it's finally ready to have the uh, sex argument with teenage son <laughs> as a real headline, and then going on a rant about how he didn't actually have a son. That was that was my favorite Stephen A. Smith moment. I think my favorite moment was: Did you see when he dressed up as one of the Jabberwockies and, and danced? I did not he see did that. This whole break dance, it was incredible. I'm looking that up as soon as we get off the air. He's actually, I mean, quite a good dancer. You know, and, and look, I, as somebody who is on television, I don't think that this needs to be said. Whenever people in sports media are like, oh, well, anybody could stand there and scream takes all day long. Be like, no, no, you couldn't. <laughs> no, some people are the best at it. Yeah, some people are literally the best at it. And that's why they make a lot of money. But anyway, go, go well, on. To, to give a little credit to the crypto people, I didn't actually, I don't think the message is don't vote because... The Democrats are the same as the Republicans or uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are the same. It, it's more like Bitcoin maximalism itself, which is there can be no intermediate step. We can't just have Internet money. We need to tear down the very underpinnings of this 
inflation, taxation, sure. et cetera, system. It's what you've heard before. It's the, um, we have to kill all vegetables to bring about the steak utopia uh, yeah. kind of thinking. And if nothing else, I'll say that these people are consistent with their extremism. Yeah. But I find it increasingly repellent and potentially getting a little silly. It's like, hey, if you want to jump off the democracy ship, fine. But like the rest of us are still here stuck in America trying to sort this stuff all out. And even if there is going to be some kind of a borderless Bitcoin future, we'll, we still have to figure out what we're going to do between now and then. Am I crazy? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like, if if what you want is a collapse of society and to rebuild all of it despite the you know enormous costs that you most likely think will happen in terms of human life and capital and and everything, a lot of people are going to get shot against the wall. Definitely. Yeah, then then you should vote for the option that you think is going to bring around that apocalypse. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I, I think I don't that's quite... I think that's the Bitcoin case for Trump. Unfortunately, I mean, I think that's why people vote for no, Trump. no. That's what I mean. Like, you should just hope that the entire country becomes, you know, like that every representative in Congress, everybody is like Steve King, and that we have a massive civil war, and that out of the smoldering ashes of that civil war, which will, you know, most likely be a race war, that that you can build some sort of Bitcoin society. Like that seems like a much more reasonable take. Like the idea that you know, uh, voting is going to distract you and you can't vote and think of some sort of marginal gains through electoral politics and also be a revolutionary. It's a little bit silly to me. I mean, you can certainly do both. And, you know, this is like, I don't want anybody to think, and I think you made pretty clear, like we don't, we don't agree with this standpoint, but I do agree with you in one way, which is that like, I do think it is consistent with the rev- revolutionary politics and I think if you ask Safe Almus, and I don't know Crypto Randy Marsh, but uh, if you ask Safedine at least, he would he would classify himself as a revolutionary. Um, no, I agree. I mean, I think what we're actually coming around to is that the Bitcoin maximalist out uh, outlook is a lot like Marxism. It's all in, all or nothing, fully revolutionary. Yeah. Okay. So my question to Safe and Crypto Randy Marsh is that. In Colorado, the governor, the new governor, is a gay man. He is also Jewish, and he is quite progressive, I think, in terms of social issues. He also really likes Bitcoin, and I would say that of all the uh, politicians in America who have any type of large influence, he is by far the most Bitcoin-friendly. Like, yeah. should you vote for that guy, you know, because he's Bitcoin-friendly? He certainly will I think probably bring some sorts of blockchain technology or blockchain companies to Denver, which actually makes sense as a place for it to be. Sounds great. As I've always said, weed, video games, crypto, you know, like <laughs> yeah. these are the underpinnings for our bipartisan society. Oh, my uh, God. It's where, where the healing's going to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> why not vote for that guy? You know, why not support him? Because that will help your causes. And, you know, the the. I, I and look again. This is mostly stuff I encounter on the left in terms of uh, you know real communists. Is that they just say like you shouldn't be distracted, and that's always seemed like such a weak argument to me. 
Like, how distracted are you going to be for just voting? How distracted am I going to get in a place that has weed, video games, and crypto? I mean, <laughs> come on. I'll stay focused. But also, like, how, how, how distracting is it from your revolutionary goals to just, like, find the one guy who likes Bitcoin and vote for him, you know? Like, it's, it's really not. It doesn't make any sense to me. Do you mind if I take your pretty hot take and, like, put it on the cooker even more? I feel like that guy that met that uh, Denver. He's the uh, he's a congressman in Denver. He's the governor of Colorado. Governor, sorry, yeah. governor of Colorado. Isn't that guy in some ways the avatar for crypto moderacy? But these guys don't want crypto moderacy. I know, but I guess I'm saying Jay that maybe we have an important uh, mission in the world, which is <laughs> to speak for the vision I had just when I first heard about Bitcoin and got at all interested in it, which was that. It was fake internet money and that there was some people who were like pirate party kind of people who were into like uh, torrents and bootleg software, but also potentially supported societal safety nets and, and supported the very idea of government society. And then there was other people who were radical right wing libertarian militia people, some of them maybe even Nazis. And then in some ways, cryptocurrency could be like a bridge amongst all these people towards some sense of a shared future. And to me, that's the, the crypto moderate outlook. And it's disappointing to me that maximalism basically is like, you are all in or you're out. We have no idea of building a consensus or uniting people who have really strong feelings about this with some other people who might like living in this democracy, but also want some fake internet money. Yeah, this is the problem with both libertarians and revolutionaries is that uh, at the point where you have to be like, well, we need eight people to agree on one thing so that we can produce this result. They, they start arguing about theory, you know? Literally, so. that's what happened to Ethereum. <laughs> like, have you read any of these recent accounts about, like, the tumultuous early days of Ethereum? No. It, they got, like, eight people who couldn't get agree with <laughs> anything out. First, they kicked out two people. There was a huge, like, rift about whether it should be a nonprofit. But how did they kick out people, though? Like, how do you decide to kick people out? Like the six decided to kick out the two. I mean, like the old, the old oh way. Oh my god! So isn't that isn't that a democratic process? I mean, yeah, I think that like that's part of the whole ethos of the post Bitcoin altcoin movements is that they have like governance attached to them because you saw you know Ethereum went from like a utopian ideal to a like um, brawl between its eight founders in a period of months. So I guess what I think is that all these problems of how people get along and don't murder each other and how eight people in the room can possibly come to a conclusion about anything are these big human problems. And I just don't see how like maximalism gets around them. It substitutes this idea of, well, we should just decide everything based on everyone having the most liberty, but no one agrees about what the most liberty means. Yeah, and also there's a certain hypocrisy, I think, that has always annoyed me, which is that like, and it's not a, maybe hypocrisy is the wrong word, but I feel like there is a further question that you can ask the mass maximalist, which is that if you feel this way, if you feel like you want a society that is based entirely on libertarian values and cryptocurrencies, that has a no government and that in which like sort of these types of systems that are trustless and that are decentralized can be the organizing force for society, and you should move to Bitcoin Topia. You know, like you should yeah. 
figure it out because that Bitcointopia might be a scam, but you could create something that is not a scam. And some of these people are very wealthy. And maybe this is what they're trying to do in Puerto Rico. But that, you know, I think that anybody who is reasonable, even on this side, which, you know, might be slim pickings, but if you ask them in one of their less zealotrous moments, do you think that this is going to be easy? They would say, no, it's not going to be easy. We, we're going to have to figure stuff out. And there is an option to figure this stuff out. Just like go live off the grid and, you know, like be neighbors with someone else who's into Bitcoin and just have long talks about whether or not, you know, the property line that divides your two, <laughs> that divides your two houses exists or doesn't exist. And eventually, you know, one person is going to end up murdered. And then you figure out what to do about that. You know, like I, I just feel like people who are libertarians in this sort of hard Austrian school way who live in society and benefit off of democratic processes and, you know, like governmental programs and then just say everything sucks. Like, you know, just go go live off the grid then. Like, nobody is going to care. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, I think some of them, I guess, are are planning to. But oh, I, I don't think they are. It's like the people who, like, you know, are always yelling about OTEX, you know, the floating biodomes on the ocean yeah. that that harvest spirulina just be like go build one dude you know stop talking about it for 50 years Well, no but people don't really want to do that because they like it's mostly like single extremely rich men there's a reason everyone was like oh san francisco it's like a shithole it's full of homeless people but it's like it's weird all the technology industry still seems to huddle around it it's as if you need an american city to live in and people don't really want to live off the grid or on floating barges, at least yet, because they're still a little bit normal human beings. Like 10% of them still wants to like go to bars and and have Tinder, you know, live out pre-Bitcoin American life. Yes. And when I hear people sort of, I feel like I'm like, like I'm no like I'm not like a person who's gonna tell you that democracy is going great or like that uh, American democracy is the like best attempt at how to live in the world that uh, humans have achieved. But I feel a little bit like a bunch of guys are over at my house going like, man, this place is a shithole. Fuck this place. <laughs> and I want to be like, cool. Uh, like, what does your house look like? Could we could we go see it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm building it. I'm building it. It's out on a barge yeah. right now. Do you, like, we could go canoe out. You know, it's like, yeah, I agree. All this shit is a problem, but I, I, you're not convincing me that you're the people to solve the problem. Yeah. It's how yeah. I felt when I did encounter revolutionary socialism, like in my teen and college years, which was while I identify with some of the stated ideals here, I definitely don't want you people to be in charge of anything. Like I would rather <laughs> live under the most boring, moderate American government than allow myself to live under a bunch of like, college classmate social revolutionaries a little bit i feel like you have to sell people on something that they actually want not simply like the deep 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 long-term ideal of liberty well i mean we're arguably i don't even think arguably we are kind of living under a government right now that is the equivalent of that. i mean hey, know, like people like yeah. stephen miller you know like seb gorka yeah. And Steve Bannon and all these people in the Trump administration—they are the college people at your college who would hand out flyers. They're a bunch of fucking really annoying people. Like Stephen Miller was the kind of guy who like jumped on the track and interrupted like women's running meets. I don't want to talk about the yeah. politics. Just remove the politics and just think about 
the kind of human beings who are into that kind of shit. They're the most <laughs> fucking annoying people. You don't want to yeah, live. Look, there's a reason that Bitcointopia has a murder rate of 100%. All the people who want to go <laughs> do the wild, wacky stuff are absolutely insufferable. And I would much rather live in an inflationary capitalistic system with a bunch of different people I can hang out with than be fucking stuck on a boat with Stephen Miller types. Yeah, and look, the I, I think that if you are a revolutionary in a country as large and sort of that has entrenched economy like the United States, then you should not be trying to overthrow the United States. Like you should be trying to create your own society. I mean, that, you know, like just be like Charles Manson or something like that, you know, like create your own utopia. I mean, that is what this Puerto Rico stuff is, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and like they're going to try it like Venezuela is a different iteration on, of trying to build from the ground up. So to me, those are actually more interesting. I'm more interested in a, a Venezuelan person who wants to live under Bitcoin maximalism than an American. Look, if Safe Amos and Crypto Randy Marsh had like, you know, 200 Twitter trolls went off to the Nevada desert to create their own society, I would be there with them to film it. Like, I would yeah. be fascinated by what happened. I think what you really mean is you would go play poker and then, like, hung over, drive out for a couple hours every morning, slowly go less and less often, start just calling in. Yeah. I'd bring, like, a bulletproof vest or something like that and, and like, have a handgun. And then I would show up for, like, an hour and a half, and then I would watch them yelling at each other, take a few notes, and then I would drive back to my hotel. That is true. But you know, it would be it would be a fascinating experiment. Like you and I said, I think that they would literally actually kill each other very, very quickly, or at least would just be arguing and and using whatever decentralized version of Twitter they had to flame each other all day long. But you know, like I, I, I my only advice to them would just be like, look, just go do it. You know, live your best life, live your dream, and go go. Go for it. Because, look, the ideas are not... You and I are interested in crypto because we don't think that the fundamental ideas are all stupid, you know? No. Uh, we acknowledge that there is a need to try and create some sort of decentralized platform that does not sell all of our information and all of our privacy to, like, four companies that then hand it over to the government. Like, all that is bad. I don't think that those are fringe opinions. And that yeah. perhaps this is... Uh, type of technological revolution is the only way that we can break ourselves from their power. Like all that stuff is interesting to us, but I don't think that sort of yelling on Twitter is, you know, giving money to another tech company for, by, uh, by the way, is really the best way to do this. 100% agree. All right. Should we do a little lighter side here? A little lighter side of crypto? Yeah. Jade, have you gotten any initiative Q? No. It's like getting free Bitcoin seven years ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you if you will sign up, I have an invite I could give you. All right, this is not true. I don't actually have an invite to Initiative Q. If there's anyone who's listening, please invite me and Jay, okay? Just send an invite no, to- No, uh, don't, don't. Please don't. Aaron at Cointalk.show. Please don't. Okay. So, Jay, do, do you understand what Initiative Q is? Uh, the only thing I understand about it, Aaron, is that it- Reminds me of Herbalife, right? Where you sign up for it and then you try and get more people to sign up for it. And then those five people that you signed up try and get five people to sign up for it. And that the shape that this takes, and if you mapped it out, looks much like a pyramid. That's all I understand three, about it. 
forms a 3D triangle. Ah, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> In some ways, I feel like by comparing it to Herbalife, you're giving it too much credit. Okay. Because Herbalife is a real sugar pill that you can actually have shipped to your house. And once you get people to join the scheme, they too can get Herbalife and sell Herbalife to their neighbors. Uh, Initiative Q is not quite that far down the line. So for background, it's founded by a famous academic and a, a major PayPal uh, person. So... It seems like it's real. Yeah, yeah. So the people behind the team is real, right? Like it's an economics professor. Well, but at, we don't really even know what that means. Like, because we, we don't know what they're doing. Like the idea that there's a professor behind it, all it is is the promise that in the future you will be issued initiative Q tokens. So if let's say I sign up, like someone invites me, I get one in the mail and I'm like, hey, Aaron, I know you're into crypto. Here's an invite to Initiative Q. If all you have to do is sign up and you're getting free Initiative Q tokens that uh, I can actually estimate the value of them uh, in the future. They have a tool on there. And they're basically saying, this is like getting free Bitcoin. And if I send it to you, I think you get five invites if you sign up, then not only do you get Initiative Q, but I get more Initiative Q. I think the token is Q, I guess. I get more Q because I invited you. And so you can see rapidly as you uh, multiply five times, five times, five times, five times, five, this is now out to millions and millions of people. It's a massive uh, viral smash. And all it really is at this point is a giant mailing list with a promise of a future airdrop. But what they're airdropping is not a decentralized blockchain product. It's just simply Q. It's a centralized on their server there's no real understanding of what the supply is. It's just Q, and you're going to be able in the future to buy stuff uh, Apple Pay style with Q. Can we back up a little bit and talk about the name? Like, yeah. uh, since you and I only really understand these things from branding standpoints, what, what do you think about the name Initiative Q? Well, I have to assume that it predates QAnon. Yeah, okay. I, let, let's get that. It's like pretty slick, yeah. slick and sophisticated. So I think that's just a very unfortunate coincidence. Yeah. And you see this kind of stuff in naming, like where like probably there's some sort of like a internal testing tool that is telling people that Q stuff is good right now. Oh, huh. I don't know. I, I guess the only reason why I thought it was interesting was because it's literally the vaguest name possible. Like it doesn't mean yeah. anything, but it sounds kind of cool, you know? Like I, I, I took the subway the other day, Aaron, which is, you know, as you know, very extremely rare for me. And I was well, walking once around. a year, once a year, <laughs> Yeah, I was walking around you square subway station. And there were these ads for like, what is, and I don't remember what the name was, but then they had, as you kept walking, they had other subway advertisements that explained what it was, but none of the other explanations made any more sense, you know? And yeah. I, I feel that way about Initiative Q, which is that I have done a little bit of reading in preparation for this podcast about it. And no, nothing outside of the pyramid, or I, I'm sorry, that's unfair, the, uh, as you put it, 3D triangular shape of its structure. The, no, the viral helix. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing else makes sense to me. Um, I, I don't quite understand what it is or what it's proposing to do. The only thing I understand about it, and this is from the breaker piece, which I think is was quite good, um, 
is that the only thing they say is that we are not a cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, it's got this real like wink wink where it's like, Initiative Q is a lot like a cryptocurrency, but it's not a cryptocurrency. Then it's just that's the end of the section. Yeah, I, I, kinda, I actually think uh, that that's the entire description, which is like, it's like digital money, but it is not a cryptocurrency. And that's it. Like, I, I don't think that they really give you anything else. Yeah, I mean, most of my understanding of it is sort of reverse engineered from like other people criticizing it. Um, but it's basically either the opposite of crypto or the most crypto thing possible. And then it's like, abandoning all of the stuff that people are excited about in crypto and replacing them with the most like crass, obvious bait and switch um, additions. But I think it's doing pretty well. And it seems like unlike crypto itself right now, it's actually appealing to a non-crypto audience. Oh. Like the people who are all signing up for uh, Initiative Q are not like crypto people, I don't think. I think they're like more like, email uh, chain letter hoax kind of people. Well, okay, so why are, what, is there any explanation as to why people are signing up? Like, I would say that if somebody, if I got an email and it said, like, if you sent me an email and you said, look, here's some free money, you should sign up for it. Yeah. I would, like, text your wife and ask if you're okay because it seems like the That oldest. was how I got you into crypto in the first place. I was like, Jay, there are these shit coins. They're basically free money. <laughs> it seems like at its at its baseline like the most obvious scam ever you know but, but what's the scam i'm i haven't given them any money this it's just a it's just a like a virality for the sake of virality the reason someone would do it is it's okay free. but like aaron if you're if you're walking down the street let's say right like yeah let's say that you're walking down broadway and uh somebody hands you a five dollar bill do you take the five dollar bill mm. No, Good of question. course you don't. The right? first thing I do is I start looking around, and uh, then, yeah, I probably don't take it. Yeah, or what if they say, hey, all I need is your email address. Here's a $5 bill. It's only the email. Of course you wouldn't take it. I, don't, I just don't understand why this thing, which is not even worth $5 now because it doesn't exist, like why, why is it virally successful? Jay, I think you may have just um, invented uh, Initiative Z, which <laughs> is uh, $5 street dispersals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like I actually I'm, I'm actually asking you as somebody who I think knows slightly more about it than me. Like, is there any explanation for why it's been virally successful? Are you asking me to make the bull case for Q? Okay, I will. <laughs> uh, so it comes out. It's like a centralized token, right? But they just issued a ton of it. No one knows what it is. Probably, let's say it somehow makes its way to exchanges, even though it's centralized. I could see people like bidding it up to being worth a few cents or whatever. I mean, if you believe that Bitcoin is just made up money and you don't even know anything about centralization or the blockchain or ledger or anything, why would you not believe that something else could just be made up money? Uh, well, because the other <laughs> things have like a theory and a philosophy and an idea behind it, you know. Um, the, the title of this episode is definitely going to be The Bull Case for Initiative Q. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you made a bull case for it, Aaron. You're basically just like, if everything else is bullshit, then why can't this bullshit work, right? That's, my, that's the bull case for all altcoins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't quite get it. Like, uh, this is mentioned in the breaker piece, which is that, like, we already have a centralized form of, 
uh, sending money around the internet. And you yeah, just- but you can't just get it for free. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> PayPal won't true. just give you PayPal credit. So, like, is there a, like, you know, this does come from two people who do, uh, you know, at least are credentialed, right? Like, uh, I don't even know if I'm comfortable saying that. But one of them is a professor of economics, right? Do you, do you think, uh, uh, think about how many wackadoodle professors <laughs> you've made in your I'm life. saying that there is a we, creden- we We have friends who are professors who are not reputable people. Do we? I don't. I I know I know some disreputable. <laughs> Name them right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say at least at the very least that there must be some idea behind this, right? But the weird thing about Initiative Q is that it has not told us what the idea is, except that the idea is that it's not cryptocurrency. And so, I guess my question is literally just like: Is there going to be other reveals? Like it feels very much uh, Super Bowl addy. Like remember, like all the Super Bowls where they would just there'd be like 15 seconds and they would put a name out and then everyone would be like, well, what is that? You know? And then they would, they would reveal it a month later or something like that. If they drop an initiative Q ad at the Super Bowl, I'll go crazy. I mean, that might be coming. <laughs> that might be coming. I think that crypto was tied perfectly so that there were no crypto Super Bowl ads, right? Like, uh, or was there? Yeah. No, I think it, by the time, I think no one had budget by the time, like by the time the Super Bowl rolled around, it was a little, ah, I don't know, media buyers. If you were a media buyer in uh, December, you would have been all over that. Yeah, or even before that. I mean, I think they probably sell out the Super Bowl ads like much earlier than that. But yeah, I don't, I don't really get this. And it seems scammy to me. And anything in this space that feels scammy uh, is probably scammy, and the only I, I do wonder how much work the you know what you call not credentialing, but I would say is probably enough credentialing for your average person who wants free money. Um, I wonder how much work that's doing for them. If it was like uh, initiative coin talk and it was just me and you, I wonder how much virality there would be. Well, I mean, part of them are that they're they're drafting off of the bull run of Bitcoin, which is. They're basically doing something that in no way is like Bitcoin, but most of the people who didn't really understand the last Bitcoin run or maybe didn't pay any attention to it wouldn't be able to tell the difference between Initiative Q and Bitcoin if you know nothing about either of them. And so if someone's saying, hey, we just want to give you uh, free tokens of the next Bitcoin, it's kind of the ultimate dumb... You know how we talk about acting like a dumb person? Yeah. This is the ultimate acting like a dumb person, and that's why I sort of can believe, believe in how successful it's been. It's the opposite of civil. Uh, I don't know. Remember how civil we were like, their problem is that they're actually trying to do something? Yeah. This is the ultimate not doing anything. It's not even decentralizing. It's not even issuing anything. It's literally just a really big email list. Okay, but it's the world's best email mailing list drive up. But by the rule of coin talk, which is that <laughs> if you and I are into it, it means that it is dumb, right? Then yes. if this was perfectly dumb, then you and I would be pumping it right now on this show. And we would not I be- am pumping it <laughs> on the show. <laughs> we would not be- <laughs> We wouldn't be doing it out of some cynical self-regard. Like we would be like, "Oh yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea." I think this might be too dumb even for us, which means that you know, uh, I don't quite understand its virality at all. Or at least, at the very least, we have to maybe amend the coin talk rule of you know, if if we're into it, then it's probably dumb and most likely a scam. I'm not denying that it's dumb and a scam. I'm saying they've done something almost amazing, which is even the dumbest of ICO shitcoins 
crypto people are like dissecting it and making fun of it. This is so dumb, it almost stands outside of crypto. Like, here's what I would say Satoshi is to excerptoshi as crypto is to initiative Q. Okay, here's another question that I have. Do you, do you know who Peter Bogosian is? He's like a sort of intellectual dark web figure, and he's a professor somewhere. I don't remember where, but he uh, and somebody else published. Another shady professor. They, yeah, actually, he is proof of that. Like he and another professor made up a bunch of fake papers that had insane sort of like what they would classify as social justice warrior type of oh, things. Oh, yeah, I follow. I followed the story. I yeah. didn't recognize the name, but yeah, I, yeah, I know the story. Yeah, yeah. But he sent out, they sent out papers to be published that were, you know, sort of all ironic and done in, you know, in this sort of hyperbolic way. And they, a lot of them did get published. And to be fair, yeah. some of those were like pay-to-play type journals. None of them were particularly yeah. reputable journals but just like you could put out a fake white paper and someone would take it seriously yeah. and maybe even make the coin yeah you know? but the, i wonder if this initiative q might be that like is it a mm. is it a way for these people to show mania Ooh, i like it and then they come out with the hoax at the super bowl yeah well not even that the but super bowl like, is the big reveal they like are like filming a documentary about it right now you know and they're studying like human Ooh, behavior i like it because the idea of free, it's like, here's a pyramid scheme for free money. Like, that, that's essentially what this boils down to, right? It's kind of like Bitcoin, but we won't tell you what it is. Like, it, it feels like a social experiment more than a real project, if that makes sense to you. Uh, I don't remember who tweeted this, but someone was like, this is a brilliant idea if you want a list of all of the dumbest investors in America. Like, if you were trying to shell scammy financial products to people, the mailing list of Initiative Q would be the most amazing um, lead generation service possible for people who are willing to make really dumb investments. Yeah, that and like the Cointalk subscriber list. <laughs> also, highly valuable, <laughs> highly valuable business data. For today's investor, how many people listen to Coin Talk this week? Email yeah. me. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about this week? No, I mean, I look. I it's hard to like go anywhere from Initiative Q. I mean, like wh whatever it is, it's the bottom of something. It's, it's either the the top or the bottom of some sort of a pyramid. So uh, maybe we'll bounce now. Maybe an Initiative Q will be the. Uh, uh, sobering lesson crypto needs to move forward. Okay, well, I have a question then, which is that sure. we, we do know people who could send us invites. Are you yeah. going to sign up? I will sign up. Okay. I am curious to go further in the Initiative Q experiment, and I feel like we maybe hit the bottom of the well with dumb ICOs, but I'm waiting for whatever the next wave of dumb is, and this feels like like dropping the whole clumsy decentralization part seems like it's just going to open up a new world of weird scammy crypto culture okay well if you sign up i'll sign up so uh well i mean I'll, i i was gonna say i'm gonna sign up but i'll i'll invite you so you're a little downstream of me i just want a little of the action oh, from yeah, your sign up you'll, you'll have but you'll have more initiative q than i do which uh, i mean i admit the earlier you join the higher your reward so yes i will have more q than you but I think I deserve it because I put skin in the game earlier and uh, made the bull case for Initiative Q. Yes, but you know, like this is where the market comes in. And as you know, I hate uh, having less of anything. In terms of Jay, I'm willing to sell you a little of my Q if you want to level up. <laughs> I might have to spend a few days, uh, you know, building out my own network so that I have more Q than you.
I can see you getting really into Q, like using it as like a bet settlement layer also, just like we're all just transferring Q and it still has no value, but we're both hoarding Q like it's like Monopoly game tokens. Yeah, that actually is true. I bet I could get everyone in my degenerate gambling uh, group text to sign up for this thing. So uh, I might be ahead of you before too long. Okay, if you're listening and you have Initiative Q invite, Aaron at Cointalk.show, we will check back <laughs> or in on that. Or hi at Cointalk. Don't, se- don't send it to Jay. Don't send it to any of the email boxes that Jay has access to. Send them to me. I want him to be downstream of me. Um, we'll check back in on this when we've actually got some Q in our pockets, okay? Okay. All right, talk to you soon. Later. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Thursday, July 31st at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was $7,748. Coin Talk was edited by James Nicholson. I'm Aaron Lammer. My co-host is Jay Kang. Our partners are Medium. Find all of our episodes at medium.com slash cointalk. Mailbag coming soon. Send us an email. Hi at cointalk.show. See you soon.